Hey chatters, welcome back to Voices in AI. Per usual, I'm with my good friend Eldad, and today we're here to talk to you about the Amade siblings, uh, who are the leaders of Anthropic, at least at this point in time, number two in the large language model race. This week was when we recorded this was the OpenAI Dev Conference. They just came out with a bunch of newfangled things, including an improved context window that beats out Anthropics. We'll see what happens. And we still have Google, maybe by the time you're listening to this, have come out with their models. So this could all change <laughs> overnight. But generally, these are two people who are pioneering the space. And yet, very little is actually known about them. Just to start, I'd be curious, Eldad, what is the sense that you get from these two, from the little you've been able to look at, slash, I know you you use Claude Anthropic's bot, so I'd just be curious generally to hear your thoughts about that bot versus maybe some of the other ones you've tried. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, let, let's start with that second part. I'm a fan of Claude. Yeah, there's something just more human in its output and how it writes its writing style naturally without even needing to push and tweak. It is a bit more short, concise, and really, again, the word human, and it's it's not as formal and so forth. But for marketing purposes, for content purposes, Gen AI that's coming out of Claude, in my mind, is much more usable, less editing is needed, and so forth. They, the siblings, I think it's a nice, a lovely story, right? Uh, they're four years apart from what I can pick up in, in some of the readings. She's obviously the younger one and really effusive about supporting her brother. She sees him as one of the real true visionaries within the, the field. They both came out of open AI, which I think is important, right? That they are familiar not only with their competition, but the mission that they set forth for Claude, Anthropic, is a bit different. She had three H's in one of these articles I read. Helpful, oh, helpful, honest, and harmless. And I thought that that's a nice way to describe it. The marketer in me was like, mm, I don't know if I would say harmless. It's, it's aspirational. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, as soon as you throw in something that has that kind of connotation of a negative, mm -hmm. yeah, you're like, mm, is the tool really going to be that good? It, it is from what we're seeing nowadays. But yeah, their story is interesting and hers especially. I know you you and I have spoken before. It's important to, to elevate the people who are unique in the space and because it's a tech space, it's going to be dominated by men. So we really want to focus on women, minorities, and so forth and bring some of those people to light. And she's one of them. She, you watch her in these fireside chats or on YouTube videos, or on TV, because Anthropic obviously is being called for a lot of PR type opportunities. She's well-spoken. She knows her stuff. And we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, I've been impressed. And that's literally with the minimal amount of reading about her and watching. Mm -hmm. And again, not even because you don't have time or anything. It's like literally there's very little out there about Daniela and Dario versus the folks at OpenAI. There's yeah, but do you full see encyclopedias that you can... about them. Yeah, in, in their career histories and stuff like that. Absolutely. Wikipedia pages, whatever kind of things. But I think these guys are actually from what, once you start to dig into YouTube and it catches on to, oh, that's who you want to learn more about. <laughs> there's actually quite a bit, either that they've done themselves as guests and speakers, or that you can see Anthropic is a popular company. 
mm-hmm. right? It seems to lag in some respects the backlash that OpenAI does because OpenAI, they've done something about safety and ethics and addressed it immediately, right? Mm-hmm. When they launched the company. In fact, that was what inspired it from what I picked up. And so their efforts there, I think, are, are reaping well for them. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think of OpenAI as the Windows, which makes sense because they're working with Microsoft and Anthropic as the Apple in terms of, of the mm. tools. OpenAI, ChatGPT, there's a lot. It'll listen to commands a lot more generally. It has a lot more functionality, but you also need like a level of expertise to get the most out of it through prompting or understanding how to use the tools that are available versus Anthropic, which is much more streamlined. You need very little prompt engineering to get what you want out of it. But with that also comes, they have more control over that system and how it works. So yeah, I think yeah. it's it's definitely an interesting you're, approach. You're making me think of those old commercials. I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. Yeah. The two uh, people. It would be interesting to drop some memes along those lines, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I do agree with you. There is something that is, even just the bare bones of the interface, right? Quad just looks a bit better, cleaner or whatever. And in fact, they're taking kind of a tangent here. I've been playing quite a bit this week with a, a number of different tools that are around content creation, Copymatic, Scalenot, Cohesive. And you can see that what those companies are focusing on is really the user interface right? Mm -hmm. And templates and things like that. And you you wonder if maybe that's a path that they're going to, the bigger companies that are really the engines of driving everything might take in in some respects. Because as we all know, that UI, that user interface and and user experience is, is pretty critical to making something gain traction. Yeah. And I think it's not just that it is that like safety first mindset that, you know, the company, but in particular, Dario and Daniela are so firmly ingrained in it. That's not to say that they've solved these problems by any extent, but their model is a lot less likely to be hacked. It's a lot harder to hack than OpenAI's model. And generally, it's going to be better at not saying or doing things that are inappropriate or otherwise not great. And a lot of that has to do with the way they trained it, which is a method that they call constitutional AI, which is essentially it has this trained on a set of principles like the UN human rights and general human rights uh, so that it's going to be less likely to respond or do things that you know are potentially harmful. Yeah, the constitutional AI is impressive, right? But I don't know if I picked up on it incorrectly. But it seems that you can actually add to it or tweak it to be what you want it to be at times? Yeah, not yet. So they're moving from, so this was, they just took like essentially the most commonly cited things around like human rights and being harmless and to reduce suffering. And they just threw that in there to, to the weight so that it weighted that more. But that wasn't necessarily agreed upon by society within the context of large language models. So now they're trying to move more towards, okay, this is our V1 of the constitution based on these things. 
Now let's start getting people involved in society and helping to craft V2 of the Constitution, which we will train the next month. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting very much. And you got to wonder at the same time what it could potentially mean for, and the ethics side, I think that's good, but what does it mean for bias, right? If you're starting to train your own models or have the ability to create the constitution for it, I think, unfortunately, naturally, that that will lean toward bias because it's subconscious, mm -hmm. right? And it's just something that uh, obviously everybody will try to debate and think about. It's a necessity. Yeah, I think from our chats, we both are very much about kind of everything that AI does has got to be monitored. I'm not necessarily saying regulated. I think there will be some room for that. Let's not explore that topic. But uh, we even when we talk with friends and family and try and help them with their prompt engineering, we always speak as synth minds and the individuals within it as the fact that it's a co-pilot. You cannot trust uh, everything it says because of hallucination, but also because you're going to need to edit. You're going to need to banter as you've mm -hmm. taught people in the scribe method. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because in particular, Anthropic has a big focus on something called mechanistic interpretability. Have you heard that term before? Have any idea what it is? No, that's so. A new imagine one for me. you're a brain scientist, right? You're trying to understand how the brain works, both on the gross level, so parts of the brain where they do, but also the granular neural circuit level. It's the same idea with these large language models. We call them black boxes because when we look inside them and we say input and we get output, we have no clue how it got from one to the other, which comes back to the bias and all these other harmful things where if we can't understand how it's getting from point A to point B, it becomes very difficult to reduce potential for harm. So they do a lot of research on mechanistic interpretability, which like hmm. no one was doing essentially before this year and still not nearly enough people. But the idea, to, the way to think about it and the way Dario thinks about it is it's not like we're going to be able to like understand fully necessarily every little thing that's going on in these neural circuits. But the idea is, can we look at a model like it's a brain and see where parts of it might not be working the way we want them to work. For mm -hmm. example, imagine you're studying the brains of sociopaths, right? The brain of a sociopath is going to look different than the brain of your average person who's not a sociopath. And we can actually do that, right? We can look in the brain and say, okay, these areas aren't firing right. There's less activity here. It's likely that you are a sociopath. Right. So we want to get to the point where we can do like an fMRI of the language models to be like, oh, this language model has sociopathic tendencies because we're seeing activation in these different areas in these different ways. That helps us to understand how to better like guide and steer these models. Yeah. So I really appreciate them putting that stick in the ground. And what what's interesting there too is that they have a model of investment which pushes for the incentives to not be completely corrupted, whereby if you invest in Anthropic, you essentially have to agree to their terms. Like yeah. They get to decide how they do things no matter what the investors are doing, which is an incredible amount yeah, of power, but in a really positive way. Again, it's not going to solve everything, not by any extent, but 
it does reduce a little bit of that pressure to sacrifice safety for capabilities so that they can, if they want to be like, okay, we need to pause. We're starting to see some capabilities emerge, which we think are harmful. We need to go back to the research table to figure out how do we deal with this. They can do that versus someone like Google. They want to it's do all it, about but the incentives the, yeah. are not there for them. Yeah. They, I think in one of the articles I read, it was mentioned basically that they can go after goals, not revenue. And their mm -hmm. invest, the investors who come on board understanding that, right? Accepting that, that fact. And the goals right now are to advance the technology, to make it helpful, honest, and, and as they put, harmless. And as our good friend West Shields is saying, it's exciting times. Everything's at the worst still will ever be for its efficiency, its capabilities, its and so forth. So with the company like Anthropic and Daniela and, and her brother putting that kind of stamp in the ground, we're going to try to build something that is really along the, the right side of what humanity believes in, not just chasing profits, which I'm not saying the other guys are doing only. But they're addressing. It's just it the incentive is like, even exactly. if they want to focus on the right things, they could be forced to focus yeah, exactly. on the wrong things. Yeah, we all know what system. happens with businesses like that. Look at the on the the horror stories of the catalytic converter, right? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I think it's just important to mention too about these two. We, we mentioned it earlier, but they were originally at OpenAI. In fact, Dario was the one who was like helping to train GPT-2 and 3. Yeah, I think it's a, it was a chief research scientist there. Yeah, so he and, was really in the weeds there. And yeah. then Daniela was the VP of Safety and Policy. So Yes, but I don't think you, if uh, many people caught this, but she also uh, hired a huge number. She was actually the talent acquisition when they first started, or maybe yeah, that's well, that's anthropic. where she got started. Actually, I think she was at Stripe before OpenAI, and she started off as a recruiter, which is super interesting. But then she moved over to a risk manager. Yes, for yeah. Stripe. So it, it is interesting to come from that perspective as well, because at these companies, you really need to think about who you're hiring, because they're a story, right? Where it's okay, Microsoft comes in, we disagree with the direction it's going. We're going to go start our own thing and be a competitor, essentially, and do it the way we want to do it. These are people who have knowledge that almost no one else in the world yeah. has and the abilities. So you, not only do you not want people leaving these companies just because they might go to your competitor and sell your secrets, but also because like, these people have potentially harmful knowledge and you want to make sure that is not getting out and that is compartmentalized in a way that doesn't do undue damage. So you need to be hiring for people who not only are super intelligent, but are also aware of the impact they're going to have on the world and be thoughtful and deliberate about that. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Any yeah, last thoughts you want to leave us with? No, the other thing was I have a sister who was younger than me by 15 months. It's interesting to see that kind of... That, dynamic in the company and it's obviously got a feel good factor and everything that can come out of it and but at the same time it's a rarity and i think that's another thing that speaks to kind of let's call it the friendliness of, of anthropic right the whole aspects of what they're going forward with as a mission and and the fact that it's siblings and and so forth you just get the, yeah, the, the, these could be safe guides. 
right, for mm -hmm. the whole technology and where, where it wants to go. As long as they can keep competing. They got a war chest now, 1.6 billion at some point. I mean, so yeah, that should help. More, more. I mean, yeah. Google recently invested them. Amazon has invested in them. Yeah. A ton of VCs have invested in them. So I don't think they're necessarily going to go away. They will, at, at the very least, catch up with OpenAI. And again, they're, this is what we're going to start to see is like a bajillion different models that are good at a bajillion yeah. different things. And people are going to choose the models that they align best with or are better at the task that they're looking for just the way that again windows didn't put apple out of business in fact it was the opposite <laughs> apple is the the most valuable company in the world yeah. right now so yeah it's but who knows how it's all going to shake out per usual thanks for the good conversation l dot and we'll yeah, see thanks everyone, for teaching uh, me about mechanistic uh, interpretability. interpretability i know yeah. that the scientists have a huge marketing problem. We need to get you in with them. <laughs> if you can't yes. pronounce the name of this very important thing, that probably means we need to uh, rebrand a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The less you have to think, right? <laughs> when mm -hmm. you uh, say a word or you know, the counterpart hearing it, the better. But cool.